Erzy no used to way. pretend that he used to get a an old insert out of the the tape for strap. He'd colour the end of it red and a bit of tape on. He'd pretend it was a, and he'd be standing around pretending he was a young fella. So he'd he'd paint it up and he'd colour it up and he'd put the leg up against the wall and the hoodie up like this. <laughs> he'd be standing really? there. He'd ask you didn't want the absolute. Joe presents House of Rugby. United Rugby Championship, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Welcome back to House of Rugby URC. We've got a jam-packed show for you this week, guys, with plenty of URC action, and of course, the small matter of the second round of the Six Nations. Unfortunately, defeat for Ireland in Paris, but we go again. Uh, Megan? Welcome to the show and welcome back. Uh, do you enjoy the game over the weekend? Yeah, what a weekend of rugby. It was unbelievable. That's our favourite word on this show. <laughs> um, but it was, um, yeah, I can't wait to talk about it in the podcast. I think we're all going to have really mixed emotions about the performances of Ireland this weekend. So I'm looking forward to it. But also later on in the show, we'll have, like you said, action from the URC, um, especially from Leinster and Munster. Excellent, excellent. And of course, Greg is here as well, as usual, my good pal. Yeah. Greg, uh, where did you watch the game? I watched the game in Boz Bridge in Jamie Heaslet's pub, The Bridge, I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually doing a bit of work for another broadcaster, um, but I obviously <laughs> prefer being here with you guys. So really looking forward to reviewing the weekend. Um, but before we do that, we have a Munster legend, an Irish legend, who traded herding the pack to herding cattle. John, <laughs> thanks very much for coming in. Great, thank you. Appreciate it. Good to have you in, Glad lad. to be here, thanks. Welcome to the show, John. Um, where did you watch the game over again? Just at home. Yeah. At home, no, so that's where I watch it most Saturdays. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So, you were out on the pitch this morning, weren't you, with the lads? Yeah, we had under 10 training this morning in Brough, uh, 10 o'clock, 10 to 11, so there was a few of us there, plenty out, so They were all motivated yeah. after the weekend. I texted them out yesterday to make sure you're watching the game so that they're watching what they see on telly and then we'll try and put it into action then on Sunday morning. Unbelievable. Yeah. You're a busy man, so John. Crack, yeah. yeah. So look, anyway, we've got 10 questions for you later on. We promise now they're, they're not too bad. We've a few good ones in there, a few funny ones, but obviously we'll start off with the small matter of Ireland versus France. Um, unfortunately, defeat in Paris, guys. But a good game. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know what, what you want to look at it like, but I think they were unlucky, to be honest with you. I think that game could have went, could have went either way. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with you there, Jason. I thought it was a, a really strong performance from Ireland, and it's disappointing. I'm absolutely heartbroken for them. But like, we knew it was going to be a huge challenge, a huge ask to go to Paris to get the win, get this bonus point. And, you know, France really, really gave it to us. And the challenge... I thought was met from Ireland. You know, the physicality, the ferocity, you know, the aggression of the yeah. fight from both sides were yeah. huge. What do you think of the, the aggression of the, of the French pack, um, John? I mean, it, it really was a very physical team. I think that's probably where they beat us, like in that physicality, specifically in the, the first half. It is, yeah. It's what, it's what they do. Like, you know, it's it's what they're playing to know at the moment. They're picking huge pack for the purpose of doing it and they go with the 6-2 split on the bench. So they're looking for the the big change in the second half and they're looking for that impetus when they came on and they got that as well. So that's what they're going after. You knew what was coming, but that doesn't mean it's easy to defend against it. But the boys got caught maybe for the first 10 or 15 minutes, but just the intensity of it is, it's just non-stop out there. And, but they got back into the start of that second half. They were very much back in the game. Yeah. No Johnny, Johnny Sexton, Sexton. we can enjoy Carberry and instead, what's yeah. your performance, Greg? Yeah, there was a big talk going into it. It was like, oh, Johnny Sexton's missing our captain, our leader, talisman. And I was like, are people forgetting that Joey Carberry's still one of the best tens in the world? I don't know why that was such a big talking point. And I thought he did very well, in fairness, and kicked really well. And when you don't notice a 10 playing, that means they're playing well because he's yeah. distributing, moving people around. But 
All's not lost. Like we only lost by six points. Still got a losing bonus point. And to be honest, the lads didn't play that well. There's a lot of uncharacteristic errors, a lot of knock-ons, um, a lot of missed opportunities, and they kept getting caught out in the flanks. The French were just so good at finding little uh, holes in the defence. So to finish within six points and yeah. not play that well, I think it's still positive. Plenty more rugby yeah. to be played. Yeah, I'd agree with you there, Greg. Because mm. even Jerry Carberry's, I thought it was a real mature performance from him. Like you said, um, he made the right decisions for you know kicking to the corners, penalties when you needed to. You know, we'll question probably the the decision at the end of the game, but we'll talk about that later on. But um, you know, I think they could take a lot of pluses from that match, it, like especially some of the uh, players like da- Dan Sheenan getting his um, coming onto the off the bench because of Kelleher Kelleher being um, injured, unfortunately. But he had a really good performance and he probably hasn't been used or exposed to that level of, um, you know, aggression and size, like you said, John, of the players. He's never even played in that intensity. He's so Mm. young and new to the game that when he plays with Leinster a lot of the time, they're winning games like this. That was the first time maybe that he was thrown out into a field where it was full-on intensity of that level. He might have got a bit of a shock because that's way a lot of steps above yeah. the URC or what would have been Pro 14 last year. Like it's, mm-hmm. So it was good for him to be behind mm-hmm. in a situation where you're not coming off the bench where Leinster might be 10 or 15, 20 points up in the second half and finishing out a game where he was on early and it was a tough game. So that'll stand to him big time. Yeah, Definitely. he's him holding up, um, who was it, was it Pinnell he held up? Yeah. 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 How, how good was that? Unbelievable, at the very end. Yeah. It was a tri-save tagging. They were, it was a, it was game over if they yeah. got that to be no debate about anything else. Yeah, they were back for a penalty, but like it was some yeah. effort, some work rate right off him as Unbelievable. well. Unbelievable, but that's yeah. that game was stand to him for so long because yeah. what he had to do, where he had to do it, more so than coming off the bench for twenty minutes or whatever in a, a URC game. So yeah. it's not the same thing. Yeah. Looking at the opening of the game, John. Obviously, you've you've played in Paris, you've played in the South of France, you've played in big Six Nations games. Would they be a little disappointed at the first ten minutes? Like, were they a little bit of sleep for that Dupont Troy? Like, I mean. Should have been more switched yeah, on. Sure, of course you'll be like this. You'll have said it a hundred times all week. You'll have known what's coming. The French are going to start. They do it in club games. They do it internationals. Back at home, instead of France, they were going to start like that. But mm. like I said, no matter how many times you say it, you might just get caught out by the intensity of it. They threw the quick line out and they played and they scored. And everybody that's played out there has been there at some stage and suffered that. But it's how they reacted to it and they did like and that's what's the, the most positive thing about yeah. it yeah, yeah like you said John that first minute of the game you know was huge from DuPont and Antimac like, but they thrive and they come alive yeah. with the unstructured kind and of the play as well. and the offloaded yeah. game but what I thought Ireland did well in the match when they did get back into it was they did shut them down um, you know, to try and stop that offloading game. I was actually listening to a podcast during the week. I think Brendan O'Gara was saying, you know, that if you go over to Paris, the way to beat them is to get that chop tackle, yeah. smother the ball, slow it down to make yeah. sure they don't get that quick yeah. ball away. And I think at times that they did that really well. Yeah, absolutely. Big effort from uh, Tyg Furlong and Andrew Porter, 73 minutes each. What do you make of those two lads there? It'd be interesting to get your take on, first of all, Tyg, coming in and stepping in, probably the best tight head in the world. And then someone like Andrew Porter, who has gone from loose head to tight head, back to loose head again yeah. at such a high level. Absolutely, yeah. No, they did. And they are doing, they're doing a long shift now, the two of them. They're doing probably longer than any other props in the Six Nations because they're that good, like, you know. And with, I suppose with uh, Keller Hubbin out and Sheen was in, they probably left them out there for as long as they could. But same as everybody else, they struggled maybe at the start. There was one or two scrums where that huge pack went after them. But... By the end of the day, they were still back on top and doing very well, like no fear of them at all. Mm. Tyke was carrying as he usually does, even for one of the tries, Gibson Parstry, I think it was, he was carrying before that, still punching holes, still working. So 
It's just a big day for those mm. boys, but they stood up to it. And what do you make of the modern day prop, like the ball playing, running, stepping? You do not back in your day. <laughs> you do it in training when there was no one looking. <laughs> Everybody imagines doing it, maybe trying to pull it off, but yeah. he's doing it like under pressure. And it's not it's not just where it happens, maybe for, you know, once in a while, maybe he ends up in a position. They're playing now where he's there as a, a ball playing forward, like and they know yeah. he can do it like so. Again, he's just taking it to the next level. Yeah. Do you think, John, that those forwards, uh, the forwards kind of got sucked into the French game a little bit, you know, with regards to, I thought maybe at times that we were going for the biggest man, one up going forward, one up going forward, you know, rather than shifting the ball around a little bit more and trying to tire those big forwards out. You know, they did that at times, especially with the Gibson Park try. They moved them from left to right, left to right. And then obviously the big player was coming around as a pillar and yeah. then it opened up they got the Gibson, Gibson, Gibson Park on side Williams. Yeah, that, that's what you're looking for. Mm. But I suppose at the start of the game, it's whether you have the ball or you don't have the ball. And they just seem to have it at the start. And when they have it, then you're just, when they're putting on so much pressure, going forward with all their carries and flooding through the breakdown with numbers, it's just a natural thing. You're just going mm. to have to condense in. You're going to have to come in a little bit and try and take them on because... It's like South Africa, they're there to challenge you. They're not going to, they want to do yeah. that whether you want to or not, they're going to come straight at you. Like, and you just, you yeah. just have to close in and try and take them on and try and meet them head on. So, yeah. but eventually they don't last. They can't keep it mm-hmm. going. That's why they're bringing on the new six. And we got times where we had them under pressure, like, and Willemsen got caught that time. He didn't have support and Gibson Park stepped him and scored, like, looked, yeah. it looked easy, like, you it know, did. whereas, if early on in the game, twenty minutes before that, he, if you ran into Willem, said close, and you'd know all about him. Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, but that's the way you got you got to move him. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. What, what, what did you make of the the big talking point yesterday was when they kicked for three points instead of going to the corner. What did you make of that? I I remember sitting at home as watching. I was saying, no, take the shot, take the post, because there was enough left. I think from just seventy two minutes gone. Yeah, wasn't it? if it was seventy six, seventy seven, maybe you're looking at it a bit different. You have yeah. to go, but I think they genuinely felt they've got a good kicker. He was going to kick it. He got him, and then. I'd say they presumed they were going to get back down at some stage and chase a try there and maybe go yeah. for the win. Like, but that's a sign of how confident and how positive they were out on the field. Like, you know, that they felt... They get back up. We can go back yeah. again. Like, yeah. know, they knew in that game out there that they could get back there yeah. and score again. They, they did have an opportunity towards the end where they got back up into 22 and yeah. then Ian Henderson missed the line-out. Yeah, so, so they did get back no, up they, did, they did want to go back forward. Like, but So that, mm. that's a sign of how good it is that you think that they could have gone for like more so than they were afraid of the French pack and not taking mm. one. But if they threw that, they got to the corner there with a good lineup, they could have taken them on again. Yeah. I think there was yeah. a bit of indecision there as well. I mean, if, if Johnny was there, it would have been a bit different. What I noticed was, was it, was it Peter Mann, he was captain, Ian Henderson, was, sorry, Jim Dryman was captain. James Ian Roy Henderson was there. was there, someone else came up with us, Carrie was there. The three of them kind of had a chat about it. I'm kind of like, do we go, do we not yeah. go? I mean, maybe, I mean, you've been in like big, big Munster teams, or big Ireland teams where you back on into that corner and you go, look, I yeah. back my pack. Like, and do you think maybe that little lack of it, that little bit of indecision kind of hurt them? Well, I suppose if Sexton was there, he's the captain and the kicker. So he'd have taken the decision out of it from that point of view. You didn't have James Ryan and Carberry to make the decision. But yeah. I think it was just, it's a discussion. Like you'll see sometimes a coach and a, or a, a captain and a player liner column might have a discussion from a few metres away they might have a look and just look for the you'll get the nod and you'll know it's on so there will always be that on the, on the pitch at that time but yeah. it's a big decision like that there's no harm to have a bit of a chat about it yeah because yeah, like, there was times where you could see that Car- Carby was wanting to go for the post but yeah. uh, like you said yeah. James Ryan was going to go for the corner yeah. but uh, mm-hmm. we have to mention Josh Van de Flair as well off that mall like the magic yeah. spinning round to yeah. score that and try from that mall was fantastic scored out of a mall where they're all talking about the pack the yeah. French pack was so big but still we went to the corner and we scored off it. We scored off it handy enough. Yep. Like he, 
he was over very quickly after them all. It's probably why we're, why we're disappointed as well, because like, we saw yeah. we can do it. We saw, we, that's why we're kind of like, you know, go for it. Go for it. You're in, you're in Paris. Like, take the chance. Yeah. yeah. You know, so. Yeah. It nearly worked out, but yeah. look, we, we lost the game, unfortunately. Do you think France will go the whole way at Grand Slam? Possibly not at this stage, I'd say, yeah. But I think, because they definitely rated us yesterday. They knew that was a big game for them as much as we knew it was them. Yeah. And I think they probably know now that word comes up all the time, the Six Nations momentum. Yeah. They've got to know the two games at home, Italy first, they just got got going on that. It wasn't that impressive. But yeah. They put on, everything was out yesterday and they still won. Yeah. So. Everything was happening. There was times as well. that they yeah. did fall asleep. Like, look at the amazing try from Mack Hansen. Yeah. Like, he did not take the, his eyes off that ball when he yeah. caught that in the air and that was a moment of brilliance for him and I just think it really got them yeah. back into the game and got that confidence going from Ireland. That is an unbelievable yeah. What a start to his career, John. How to take that. Crowd, like, yeah, well, yeah. What do you think? What a start to career. I mean, yeah. how good has that guy been the last two weeks? He's just playing, just like he loves playing rugby and that's what he's doing. He's not doesn't seem to be burdened by anything. He's just put me out there. I'll just go like he turns up everywhere, just chasing yeah. kicks. He was, yeah. He'll play whatever he wants to do. He's but just they were questioning his defence during the week, which I thought he um tackled really, really well. Like yeah. what we said about the chop tackle, he yeah. chopped tackle down and a couple of times I think Porter was over on that ball and, and stole it yeah. because of the initial chop tackle from Hampton. Yeah, um, he's playing really, so he really, play really well. well. Yeah, I'm impressed oh, with him now. Across the board like since he turned up in Connacht like yeah. yeah I, don't, start. I don't see him losing his place there. Hard to see it. if you're going to play like that, he's not going yeah. to like, you know, because yeah. he's young as well, like so you're not going to yeah. rotating him out to give anyone else exactly. a chance that he wants exactly. to play now. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, it's all still to pay for. I mean, as I said, we, we still have three games to go. France, I know they're, they're, they're playing well now, don't they? But they have Scotland in Scotland. They've got Wales in Wales. I know they've got England home, like, but there's a very big chance there that they could, they could lose one of those games. And we got to lose in bonus point in France, That's which could cool, be yeah. huge. You, Mike, you've been in, in, in championships where it comes down to that one point, that what? one extra bonus point or that one extra try at the end. Like, so it's not over yet, lads. Yeah, but John, what do you think of the partnership between Bundy and Gary Ringrose from this match? How do you think they got on compared to last week? Because they had lots of opportunities last week against Wales to attack and go forward, but they just didn't seem to have the ball at all this week. Yeah, but sure, that's the same thing as always been in rugby. It's up front, like, you mm. know, if the forwards are going forward, the backs and everything will look easier. So when the boys weren't getting the same... No distance up front going forward so you're getting ball under pressure and it's just an awful lot harder and when you play like you did last week with someone like Sean Edwards on defence coach over there he'd have been lining up for Bundy like you know that he yep. wasn't going to get any extra second on the ball he was going to be pressure all the time Yeah. Yep. so it's just that's the intensity that was coming at him mm. Do you think it'll be the same intensity next week against Italy? Can't be <laughs> It's not going to be the same like you know they're trying it like don't they mm-hmm. They'll look at it like they put France under pressure probably in that first game for it, but it's just, it's not going to be the same. It isn't like, you know, just, no. they're not as good and they'll try their best, but it won't be the same as that. Yeah, might be the same starting lineup then as well, do you think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, th- I think you mentioned there Bundy and Gary. I think Henshaw would have been really, really good in that game. He obviously is just back from injury, yeah. but he was so physical. Yeah. I think he would have been, if they brought him in a little bit earlier, because he actually played well when he came on as well. But he, does, he always does. Yeah, he does. But probably one of the best players on the Lions tour that just happened. Well, so, yeah. um, might see him come in, get a few minutes against Italy, probably start. He'll definitely be back. He has to be. Like yeah, that. yeah. And then we'll see what happens. But he's fit and available. Yeah. Yes. Well, there's another game as well that we can jump sh- jump into, and um, the Wales Scotland match, a very close one again. 2017 Wales taking it uh, in the last moments of the yeah. game. And I definitely result, I think. think they had a huge point to prove after last week, and they were on home soil, and they definitely did. Um, they they shot Scotland up, that's for sure. Yeah. Scotland didn't have a great performance. 
No, and they'd have to be disappointed with Gregor Townsend the whole lot. Like, you know, after beating England second year in a row, one up at home one day, like you imagine they're trying to kick on and try and grow as a team, get better. They would have been coming down to play Wales, but they hadn't won in the principality for over twenty years, yeah. trying to get rid of that history that they have there and trying to grow and Wales looks like against those the week before they didn't look great. <coughs> so that everything was there for a Scottish a victory. Mm. Like you know, you'd imagine they should have come down, but they didn't and no. It's given them as much yeah. questions and always answers that yet again to go home and start again. Like. And do you think they'll be blaming Gregor Townsend to go straight to the top and blame him rather than the likes of Finn Russell who got a yellow card? Yeah, I don't yeah. think you can. You can't blame the... You're back to Finn Russell again. Like, you know, everyone remembers his brilliant passes that he pulls out when he's phenomenal. Like, <laughs> he does other stuff equally as much. So it's just... You, you have to take both with him. Like, if you want to play him, you have yeah. to oh, get... predictable, isn't he? Yeah. Even the handout at the end for that yellow card. Yeah. 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 He, he could do anything, exactly. like, and he's, but he won't change it. He's not going to stop next week or the week after. That's the way he plays. Like, yeah. He could throw a risky one that's nearly picked off and then <laughs> the next one he'll throw it again. Like, he, won't, he won't learn. Yeah. Like, so. But that's what makes him so good. It I is, think. yeah. That's yeah. what you want to watch. Like. So it's the balance, really. You know, but when, when it comes off, then it's brilliant. Like, yeah. You try either end. Like. Yeah. I think a bit of credit to Wales as well. I think, like, you know, they knew they were under pressure. They're at home. It's the first time they've got a match. I mean, the Millennium Stadium, you've been there, sorry, the Principality, as you call yeah. it now, it is a fortress. It's an yeah. incredible stadium. You look at some of the stats, they carried 220 metres in total against Ireland last week. They've done that by half time yeah. against Scotland. Wow. Wow. Someone like Liam Williams, who's a guy who was absolutely nowhere against yeah. Ireland, who's one of their top players, star performer, 136 metres off 17 carries. A lot of their players, some of their, 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 their bigger names stepped up. Um, I thought Basham was brilliant again another fantastic player, good player yeah. really good player so yeah I suppose like it is it's such a Scottish thing to do isn't it like yeah. they always do it they have the one big win in them they're like Scotland are going somewhere and we even said like could Scotland win it mm. they yeah. really need to get over that little kind of they can't seem to get a run of games going together so they both reacted the way they didn't want it though. Scotland wanted to keep going and not drop and then Wales knew they had to come up with something after that yeah. what happened here that they had to and they got that positive reaction that you're looking for you have to get something like that or it can become a very long tournament. So Pivak got that out of his team and Townsend didn't manage to keep his fullers going and get what he wanted. Yeah. yeah, I think it just shows how important home games are in the Six Nations. Every home fixture has been won by the home yeah. team so like this fair, year. Yeah. So it just shows this massive... Crowds are back, you see. Yeah, you, you probably have such... You obviously have the experience of that. Like, difference to home in a way is just having the crowd around you. Oh, it's massive. Yeah, it's huge. Like, it's the same with the Irish boys out in Paris yesterday. Like, the crowd that's, that's there like, is... is is massive when the French crowd get behind their team because they seem to be liking their team again they're coming back there was a bit a couple of years there where yeah. they were a little bit divided but they're back now they believe in them they're like Galtier and it's, it's looking good out there it's going to be a tough place to play yeah. there would have been some noise and atmosphere in that stadium yesterday yeah. but like you were saying like the, there's a lot of Irish players in the squad at the moment who have, haven't been exposed to that, that kind of crowd that, yeah. that many people are away like, before yeah. and that, yeah. that's a different level of expectation as well pressures during the week like I know I remember when I got my first cap was in France in Paris and the you know, the pressures during the week to try to perform, you know, really outweighs sometimes can like play into in mentally in your head, like so mm. dead right with that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Special mention for Hamish Watson, he's now made 179 tackles in the six nations without missing any. Without missing any. Without missing any. He's asked to run on for the last few years. He made 19 against Wales on Saturday. That's that fella's an Yeah, absolutely. Not missing one in 179 tackles. 179 That's tackles incredible. straight. He's got now without missing a tackle. 
So I mean, uh, wow. that's, that's a, something uh, Dan Dan Bigger, another man, his hundred cap over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, not his hundred for Wales. Now he's yeah, ninety seven for Wales, three for the Lions. Yeah. Yeah, so he had a great um, game. Him he, and uh, Williams, the two of them, when they're playing with confidence, yeah. they're doing like back passes and their kicking was was superb. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, yep. but I have to say, the Scottish, I did think they played well at times, but um, it was their discipline that really let them down. I think they gave away like ten penalties, ten eleven penalties yeah. in the end to, to Wales, which got them into the game. Yeah, yeah kept Wales in it. Yeah. Do you know who really impressed me yesterday, besides Hamish Watson, was uh, Darcy Graham, the yeah, winger. Yeah. His finish against Lee, Louis Rees-Salmon was incredible. Yeah. Like six for three. Up against yeah. five foot seven, yeah. like yeah. and threw him and out he, of order, like he know. gave a little shimmy, whatever. And but like they didn't really go anywhere. And then he goes, I'm just going to drive through him, and he's like half his size nearly, yeah. which is just. I, I would be disappointed in the resentment as well, and we said it last week as well. Yeah. If he's you look back the, at it, like it's poor defence at the same time. It is, yeah. There, it is. there will always be. You have to look at it from both sides. Yeah. Like you know, he'll be looking at what a finish. But like Wales and like they'll be looking at that like Gates and Jenkins they'll be looking at that that's not acceptable. You gotta defense, make that like, hit. No, like, yeah. no. You know, so you always have to look at it from both sides. Like, but yeah. have some finish. Reece Sam, it's been off the pace. I think he is a bit now. Yeah, like. since Christmas, even playing there over uh, with Gloucester, he's just not looking. The now he scored a good try against Newcastle just before the Six Nations, but. Apart from that, no, he hasn't been lighting it up like last yeah, year. Yeah, no. If you're looking at, like, say, if there was a line score coming up this summer, you'd be putting Darcy Graham in there yeah. straight away, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, he was in it last year without a doubt, like, so. Yeah, exactly. It makes Six Nations interesting, guys. I mean, like, we're only t- the second round and only one team can win the Grand Slam, like, yeah. so everyone's got a. I got a win, like, well, poor Italy, of course. Although, never know. Might get one say against England. Yeah, they're playing at the moment, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, like I said, look, it's good. It's nice and open. It's nice to see that everyone, there's a bit of competition. Like, as we said it in the autumn, the Northern Hemisphere teams are in form at the moment. Absolutely, yeah, they definitely are. Yeah, they're going well. A lot of them are. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you think now we'll go against Scotland? And obviously, we've Italy next, but Scotland's coming up for us as well. That'll be a big game. Scotland, it's the last game. It depends on who's going for what, I think, with Scotland. They could turn out to be party poopers if they turned up there. <laughs> if we were going for the championship yeah. or something, but if they were coming over themselves, you wouldn't back them to win it. After looking at what they did with Wales yesterday. Yeah. But if we were on for something for a championship or something like that, they could be the ones that might turn up and do yeah. something, but I don't think so. And you still think we can do it? Definitely a championship anyway, yeah. yeah. Definitely, because we can only do what we can do ourselves now from now on. Yeah. And if someone does beat uh, France now, which possibly only be England or someone, then it could come down to championship yeah. on the last day. Yeah. I like the positivity. Well, agree. that was great Six Nations stuff and we'll get the Italy-England result at the end of yep. this. But uh, we had URC to talk about, which we will get on to. But first, we're honoured obviously to have Mr. John Hayes here. So we want to find out a little bit more about him. And we have 10 questions for you, sir, if that's all right. Oh, hashtag the bull. Yeah, hashtag the bull. <laughs> that's like the best nickname ever. Yeah. <laughs> the first one is from a former teammate of yours who's still playing himself, Keith Earls. You know right. <laughs> Yeah, good Limerick man he's obviously at home with nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he would like to know do you still smoke John Player Blue <laughs> no not since he was I, not since I used to get him to buy him for me like so, so he was the one I used to get to go into the shop but no Erzy no used to way. pretend that he used to get a an old insert out of the the tape for strapping. He'd colour the end of it red and a bit of tape on. He'd pretend it was a, and he'd be standing around pretending he was a young fella. So no, we don't. No way. Yeah, training, he'd be standing <laughs> pretending to smoke. Yeah, he'd he'd paint it up and he'd colour it up and he'd put the leg up against the wall and the hoodie up like this. <laughs> and, 
he'd be standing there. He'd ask you, "Do you want the after that?" Yeah. <laughs> that's very good. That's good. Really, oh, that's I'd, good say, I'd say some character. I say, "Don't change the after that." Yeah, yeah. Of course you can. You go over and join him then. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Toby's Brilliant. standing out leg, the back leg up against the wall, leaning around. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, the next one is from Dearman. This is actually a great one because I remember hearing this story. He wants to know: Did uh, did you actually delay being called up to the lines that time? Because you were <laughs> I didn't get called up to the lines in the first bit anyway so I wasn't delayed but when I was getting called out I had to take into consideration whether I could go or not with work that had to be done but I got we got it done uh, so then I was able to go yeah but the contractors did decide Maguire's and Rule got it done quicker so then I was able to go you're saying, I remember you were, late, you were late call up wasn't it like, yeah I was late so call up I didn't, yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah. get to go I didn't get called for the, uh, the original one I was called up like yeah, yeah so huh. I, it was a bit of a debate that had to be sorted out but we got to go anyway <laughs> sorry you weren't going to go to the lines because you were silent today <laughs> Well, just maybe for a day or two, but held it off for a day or two, yeah. John, that is a disgrace. <laughs> Weather, 2009 was a bad year. It was a few good dry days. Like, you have to make most of it, like. Oh, okay. Look, well, now, if we on, like, when work had to be done, I didn't come home four or three weeks later on a slog and rain, like, and went, that should have been done. But you were gone, like, so. Someone else to do it. Like you're going that's to what That's what we did do. We got it done. Like, oh, you're hilarious. Put man. a bit oh. of pressure on, but it all happened. I love hearing all these doughty stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have another question for no you. No training done. Sorry, no training done for the lines. <laughs> <laughs> we're supposed to. When you're on call, you're supposed to keep fit, Jock, and keep our bit going. As soon as the season finished, gone, nothing done. Like that was it. Just arrived out there. Just whatever happens, that was. Yeah, like, you'd farm strength. Like, yeah, that's yeah. all it was. Yeah. On the face South Africa, let me Thinking you fit, I said, I know, but I'm fresh anyway. So I'd literally not done like that's hilarious. Oh, oh talking about your rugby. <laughs> um, uh, the um, question here is, what is your favorite international game that you've ever played in? Oh, first cap, yeah, without a doubt. First, tell cap. us about it. Uh, 22 years ago, actually, uh, the 19th to the 2nd, 2000 against Scotland in the All Lands on Road, yeah, the, just brilliant. Got luckily enough. Uh, squad was named early on in the week, so got to know for the, got to know from the Monday night. Like so, the whole week to lead into it, something okay. else, just the, the excitement and the buzz and wait to get to play and to run out at Lansdown Road back then. Like it was just something else. So that's without doubt, biggest uh, thrill ever to play in that game. And we would, it was like yes, we went down. I think we were down ten nil at one stage, like at the start. It was just no one panicked. There was there was five was five new caps on the same day. I think we came back and scored something like forty two or forty four yes. unanswered points against Scotland like we came back and just ran away with it like so Amazing. just some day best day forget. how old were you back then how old were you for that cap 26 getting my first cap wow. like, yeah. so it was Jeez. old yeah. that's insane that's yeah. considered a career that you had like, no, I, didn't yeah. I was the oldest compared to somebody ever else we all young for like, and I was just getting first cap at 26 like but delighted to get it that's incredible um, well continuing to speak about your career Adam would like to know who is the most influential player influential player mm. um, Paul O'Connell let's say with, yeah. with Munster Draco was playing with Ireland for a lot of it but just playing with O'Connell he came in as a young fella I would have been I'm older than him obviously he was there a few years before he came in but when he came into Munster and stuff and even then with Ireland after that the standards that he was just pushing all the time he didn't accept anything f- less from anybody when you were playing against somebody when you were training everything you did was was top class it had to be done yeah. absolutely right so even as a young fella you had like you were older than him he was younger oh, yeah, well, he, oh, yeah only he was I remember when he came in as a young fella First year or two, maybe he was job. 
figuring it out. Straight, like, quite, but after that, you knew this fellow was something that was going to drive this thing on. Like, yeah, it's a natural kind of leadership. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no question about it. Just he just took the line out everything as we did as as players. Like, he took the standards up. That's so class. Definitely. Do you see much of his imprints now on Ireland's line right bomb since he came in? Like yeah. I remember instead of him now, like there's so many iconic pictures of you yeah. lifting him and how important integrity you were to Munster in Ireland. Yeah. Do you see his influence there now on the teach this Definitely, Yeah, you can see you'll see the boys like, they're getting after liners. They got lineouts off Wales as well. Like, you know, they don't he won't give up on anything. It's just every lineout is a challenge it can be got after. He'll figure out a way what it is, where it is on the pitch. He does the time to do it and then he expects the players to do it. That's where someone like Peter O'Mahony, who you see Robin line up balls from once, he might be a six, but he's, he's, he's learned from him. He was a younger fella coming in when Paulie was playing, and he's seen what it takes. It doesn't matter that he's not a second row, he still does it. Um, and that's where Dale have got all that from him, like, and he, he demands that. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Um, Billy Barrett has asked if there's any player out there you think would be worthy of your nickname, the Bull. <laughs> <laughs> any current players, obviously, sorry. Uh, um, We'll give it to Furlong, I suppose, if he wants it. The way he's playing at the moment, he can definitely have it. And he's a farmer from Wexford, so... <laughs> there we go, the, the bull furlong. Yeah, there we go, christened it. christened it now, the bull furlong. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure he wants it, though. <laughs> I can have I'm it. more than happy to give it to him. Um, another one here from Jacques wants to know, who was the most difficult loose head you faced? Uh, Osterant from South Africa. What a player. Just... The respect I had for him anyway, he was a player and then it was nearly actually an honour to get to play against him when I eventually did, but it wasn't an honour for the game when it was all like, he was just so big, huge, huge South African pack, toughest day out every day against him. I played against him maybe three times, like it was just def definitely the uh, toughest opponent. You didn't even have to think about that, just no, knew straight away. Not, yeah. Uh, yeah, remember That's the first answer. day, just clattered, and you are talking about like playing against France or whatever, you know how big it's coming mm -hmm. like, but hit the first crumb against oh. it, like, it just doesn't move well, like I, I remember seeing a thing there recently he was like the greatest Tri-Nation team like, and he was the first right. name on the sheet like everyone over over here and over there he's just yeah. rated as like he was just won a World Cup wow. 12 years apart like yeah. so, wow. 95 or 07 like, nuts just brilliant player and like, an unbelievably nice fella as well then old school after the games he's farmer like, as well isn't he yeah he is yeah. great crack like, nice fella brilliant yeah um, so I don't know if the story is true, but I, I think Ron O'Gara was saying that you would be notorious for not being the most emotional person, that you're very like, this is, I'm here to do my job. And he says he was running back after scoring a penalty against Biritz in the final and he, he got three points and he went up three points. And he said never before had he run past you and you'd be like, oh, well done, good kick. But at that time he said that you tapped him on the bum and was like, good work, Raj. And he said that meant so much to him. Um, so that was like, there is something in you that there's a soft side of you there somewhere, <laughs> which might have slipped out once when yeah. you were playing for Ireland and you were crying during the, the anthem. Yeah. What was it that just got you, got you crying that day? I think where it was on, yeah. um, who it was against, like the, that game had the country talking, like, you know, I've, so I've said it for an hour since, like, like the Six Nations on at the moment, like, a lot of people will watch the game, yes, but there will be some people that don't watch rugby at because there was GA on yesterday, whatever, but that game in Croke Park, the start of that, opening up Croke Park, that, time, that had the whole place talking, yeah. whether we should or should not be playing on it, and you just, as a player, you felt it, you knew it was there, you couldn't walk any place, you couldn't go any place, in Dublin or anywhere, if you stopped in the car to get out, people were talking about it. Everybody was coming up saying it to you. So I suppose just on the on the day then, like when the it came out, like, all, when yeah. it came out, like it just I wasn't the only one either, like when I get picked out <laughs> yeah. for this now, like but it's because you were known as not being emotional, yeah. and then the tears came out. Um, yeah, it, it was like you know, it was just such a game, like and there was 
it's just one of those games where losing's not an option, like, and it didn't oh, happen, oh. thankfully. So, don't yeah. spank them that day, like, it was that, like, yeah, that, that made the occasion all <laughs> that bit better then as well. It was it just, did. it turned out to be a great game now, but you didn't know, like, it could have gone the other way yeah. as well. Like, some sometimes all that kind of pressure building before a game mm. could go the other way, like, and it could be yeah. flatten you, like, but it didn't that day, it came out the right way. and we got going and we ended up with a good score and so yeah. what a great day. Like, and getting goosebumps. I know. Yeah, I was telling my dad about you being on the show and we get, we, I was getting to interview you and he told me about that match. He said, yeah. you have to mention it. We're glad you <laughs> yeah. did because he was saying he was at the match and he thought it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, no, Even we, Dennis last yeah. week talking about it as well. Like he was talking about after the game and going the wrong route and coming up through the town and stuff. Yeah. And he just said it was just no. symbolism behind the match. Yeah. Everything behind it. It's Dublin just, was rocking that day. There was just so many people around. Like he was just... He had some piss up after, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> he went on <all> working. <laughs> it's work to uh, be done. We're home to the after, right? Actually, yeah. No. Uh, brilliant. Oh, brilliant. Uh, Paddy wants to know: Is it true that you have a ridiculously high pain threshold? <laughs> um, some of the doctors told me I did have. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like again, I just know I am the way I am. Like so, I don't know if if mine is higher or low unless I'd see someone else. Like, Why are you squealing for that? <laughs> but it's just some of the doctors would have told me I had. Like so, yeah. Apparently, I did have, but that sounds so. Saying that, answer that, don't make you were never injured. Yeah. I know, yeah. You were never injured. Like, you, might played. Get, you maybe get lucky that way as yeah. well, like, but. So that's maybe why the doctors would say that sometimes maybe something was injured. Yeah. Uh, or was injured or hurt or whatever, but you can play on if you mm. want, like, so. Can you remember any in particular? Yeah, like shoulders and stuff, necks, things like that would have been sore, but. So, I always just found once the game got going, you forget about it. But then the day after, then you'd be in agony. Like, you'd be yeah. why did I do that? Like, what, you like sublux your shoulder and play it on or something? Well, no, luckily enough, never anything too bad like that. Just bruising yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. But yeah, pain in some way or other. But You're being honest. in the moments yeah. in the match. Yeah. But did you suffer with your nerves? I was told that you, you would be sick before Sometimes a lot before of the big the, games, yeah. would you? Someone, would put, someone else to do it in to put me going like, and stuff yeah. like that. But even Raj there, like, talking about sometimes the two of us would have been getting towards the more experienced fellas and we having the pre-match meal and we'd be just sitting there looking at it and he'd look at me and I'd, <laughs> we'd be laughing about why are we like this like, at this yeah. age and the two of us are still there making faces at the pre-match meal like trying to and they just barely maybe finished and gone on just, and then you'd see some other younger lads that come in at that stage and they were just sitting down and laughing but for whatever way the two of us were we'd come through this just so nervous I just, get that. And then when I got nervous then if I wasn't nervous then I'd be thinking why am I not nervous I should be nervous like, yeah, yeah. So it was all it was, ritual, like, it was the only good then to be nervous yeah Yeah. Cause I, I, remember, I remember reading in, in Roger's book and I, I don't know if you felt this as well that sometimes he'd be on the bus on the way to the game and he'd be like I just don't want to play like I need to retire well you would yeah you'd be yeah. putting the, why, why do I put myself through this every week <laughs> and then as soon as the game starts then it's gone it's, it's over gone. and then the bus then coming home from the game if you won it's the best place <laughs> just why does it go through this every week like but that's the way it was yeah it's yeah. the beauty of it but speaking of retiring as well can you tell us what you've been up to since retiring did uh, you miss the matches the six nation big games i do sometimes yeah um you don't miss it's like maybe yesterday with france you wouldn't miss that first 10 minutes when you're out there <laughs> like that but when you come up to the aviva or something like that for, for a home game you do remember those days that were special like they were brilliant yeah. so you would you just say i just love to be out there playing again but it's not going to happen, obviously, but it's just, you do remember back that you would miss it just for those, just for those few hours or whatever you missed the game, like, yeah. yeah. And what have you been up to since? You, you're working on, you work on the farm? Farmer now, yeah. yeah. Back home, so, uh, farmer now, a soccer farm breeding beef, like, so that's what, that's what I do, and that's my new passion now, is, uh, trying to make sure that does feed the world now with really good Irish beef. Uh, Hereford Prime is the, the special brand that I'm uh, involved in. It's a really good product for Ireland, and uh, it's a premium brand that we're trying to make as, 
as well known as we can. Right. Is that the uniform there? That's yeah. the crest, yes. Yeah, I hope you brought us in a few steaks for us to take home for tonight. Why I need a roast. We, <laughs> we can get it. <laughs> I've, I've had some of it myself before. I mean, like, it's one thing we'd say, it's one thing to come from Ireland, like, we do produce some of the best beef in the world. Oh, we do. It's yeah. grass-fed here in Ireland. Like, it's just, Ireland has a name worldwide for yeah. really good beef. It's it's just top quality. And Hereford is definitely, it's an old traditional breed and it really is one of the best. Good stuff. I'm looking forward Good to stuff. trying that. Yeah, well, you. to finish off with the last question. I thought they were gone. No, you have one more, unfortunately. <laughs> one, one more. more. Um, so, obviously, in this current squad, there's just unbelievable depth throughout the team, especially in the front row. We have Furlong and Porter, we spoke about already, uh, Finley Bealham, and we have Healy on the bench. Do you think John Hayes and his prime would make the squad now? And don't be modest. Make the squad. Squad at best, I'd say, it would be about it. Uh, Ty Furlong is world class. There's no question. At all, and I'm not being modest. You I'm won't be being, modest, no, yeah. I'm not being in any way. Uh, Surely, at least the bench. At best, I'd say he is world class. He's the best. Problem. Ireland are lucky to have him, and we should we should realise it ourselves at times that we're Irish players that don't just think that all the best players are always from the southern hemisphere or someplace else. That we have one of the best in the world. Probably yeah. he's the best. He is the best prop in the world. Yeah, and maybe even the best forward, stuff like that. So, well, yeah. that's a big compliment. Back in your day, you were the first man to reach 100 caps for Ireland. Yeah. And I think you were the first to receive 105 caps in the European Championship, is that right? I think so, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure, yeah. Don't be uh, modest. <laughs> yeah. Come here, instead of fellow who made his international debut at 26, like, and you got yeah. 100 caps. That is absolutely yeah. I think I beat Drico by a week or something like that. I think he, I was one week, he was the next one. Yes. So. He started playing when he was about, he was in there for he was about 17, yeah. like, you know. Well, that's a mad thing that I, um, people don't really know, is that you didn't start playing rugby until you were 18 or 19. Yeah, I was just forced on 19, yeah. Um, all GA growing up, like, yeah. so. That's really late, and to make it to the level you it did. It would have been, yeah. Um, just it was different times then I suppose like it was yeah. club rugby at that stage and played with Brough played with Shannon and yeah. just got a good good education there yeah you played with my father I believe I did yeah showing just, your age you know. he was captain <laughs> I remember him coming over to me he was captain when I started with Shannon back in 93-94 was my first season where I was involved there like yeah I was no a way fan. he was there yeah. there he is there oh. now oh, yeah. <laughs> jeez you look just like him I don't do I yeah you smile on the nose Shaper, yeah uh, I lived up to the name and loved it yeah <laughs> <laughs> like the son like father like son exactly, huh yeah. <laughs> Apple doesn't fall far from the tree yeah, yeah. I'm telling tell yeah, you yeah, right, look anyway let's away from the, the, the Six Nations action we'll move on to the URC uh, four games over the weekend we'll start off with uh your former club, Munster, disappointing defeat against Glasgow on, on Friday night, John, wasn't it? It is, yeah. Like you're going away from home, conditions were bad. The pitch is good because it's four G, but like you know, they'll have been targeting those games. Like you know, Glasgow are missing players as well. Like and it would have been a nice game to pick up on the road. Like and it's, they have a squad there now that they want to do. There are a lot of good players playing, so yeah, they'd definitely be disappointed they didn't get a result there. What, what do you make of the situation in Munster at the moment, John? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a funny one, isn't it? Uh, the form has gone up and down. You've got Van Grand leaving for some reason to go to bat. Yeah. Larkham's gone now as well. And so is Ferreira. There's players leaving and coming. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult period for the club. I mean, in terms of head coach going forward, like, would you like to see? Yeah, look, he was disappointing the way he left in the middle yeah. of this season, announced it and all that. But that kind of has to be dealt with now at this stage because it happened whenever it was back before Christmas whatever, and the season is still there. There's so much rugby to be played yet because of the games that were cancelled down in South Africa. So they kind of have to move on from it now and he's there. He has to do his job as best he can and the players have to play. Like There's no time for it to, 
to be allowing it to be a distraction. They have to get on with it, like and mm. start winning some of these games and picking up wins on the road as well as at home. So yeah. it's it is great. difficult, but they have to do it. Yeah. It's great to see like the round three committing to Munster again. Yeah, it? definitely was because he was up in the air a bit at the time because the other two guys that were were going to leave. Yeah, and people guess Ferrer was going to go with him as well. So he was the only one left. Like so, it was a great. Uh, Commitment from him to sign up and say he was going to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Continuity with the boys. Like. And what about um, Simon Zebo? We spoke about him a couple of weeks ago because we were surprised he might not have got into the Six Nations set up. Um, so he was coming on for his 150th cap for Munster. How do you think he got on at the, last night? Yeah, so it just did okay. Like, you know, there wasn't a whole lot in it. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's he's played so little. Like, Zebo's has come back. Like, and we saw his start where he exploded on with two yeah. tries in the very first game. Then it was like you nearly forgot about him for so long yeah. Yeah. because it had been all the games cancelled. So he's back, you know, he's trying to get a bit of game time under his belt and it's the same as all backs. Like they need possession of what, what that suits them. They're not just going to be trying to make it happen. Like so exactly. the more games he gets, I think he will get better again. Yeah, so he's obviously struggling because Munster's struggling a little bit themselves. So he's yeah. not getting the ball he's he not, needs. Like, you know, you know, he, so he can't do anything. You see some of the games there where you might not even hear his name for 20 minutes. Yeah. Like you'd nearly see him, he might chase a kick and go, she seems his player. No, so it's it's tough from that point he, of view. he seems to be a bit frustrated like I watched the game last night and I was kind of mm. player watching him and he just seems to be a bit agitated like so I'd say he just can't wait to push yeah, back he's, onto the he's scene. waiting to get going like yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he wants ball like, he wants to play yeah. do you think he still win something this year John I mean they're down to fifth in the rank in the, in the URC table now but I guess they've got they've still got that that last 16 tight coming against Exeter still within a shot in the league is there a possibility they can win something this year there's always a possibility like but the possibility is, is what makes it tougher is Leinster like you know you know they can make it out of their whatever into the knockout stages but where you come across some of those better teams would be the one to decide whether or not you win silverware but they're never going to be that far away and they're not like they've always been as we see getting the semi-finals and maybe finals but Leinster have been the problem like and they probably will be again this year mm. yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah one positive there anyway um Malachi Fekatoa signed there last week former All Black he's soon to declare for Tonga but uh, I actually had an opportunity to catch up with Malachi during the week and just chat to him about like why he chose Munster and around 2018 I think or 19 um, I was in France for playing for, for Toulon uh, it was my first uh, European uh, game uh, so we played a quarterfinal against uh, uh, Munster uh, at home and uh, honestly it was one of the best experience close to a test match rugby uh sold out uh you know fans were like really into the game singing and you know i've never seen anything like it you know came out of new zealand uh you know first game of the season as well for for me at the time and honestly unbelievable and uh it was an unreal experience and i'll never forget that and you know making those decisions now what do you think him coming over when Greg spoke about it last week and Greg was a bit kind of he would prefer to us to be looking within the ranks and promoting guys there I know it was Alex um, yeah, a fellow like Alex McHenry now who's, who doesn't seem like he's going to get a contract but he's over 100 kg he's played for Wasps he played against Saracens played 80 minutes played really really well on loan to Wasps then came back to Munster and now they're just bringing Malachi Fekito over where this guy's there you have people like Roy Scannell Dan Goggin there yeah. Chris Farrell you have like why do we need to bring Malachi yeah. Fekito over you, you, like, you had the likes of Ducky Howlett and stuff yeah. come over like yeah, see, to Pokey they made a difference didn't they they did like there was always you know, every team does it like they're bringing in Stardust like you know they're bringing in that big yeah. player to do it like we had Dougie and whatever and they did make a difference at the time and I suppose like someone somewhere is looking at those young guys that are there and they're there for a few years and maybe they don't think that they're going to like early on what you're saying about to win something we can, we can be competitive all the time but that maybe just to get over that line into the 
the semi-final into the final and actually win it was like bringing in Delende and Snyman and stuff that they're starting to believe that maybe they just need that one or two be the starters yeah because they're losing Delende like so yeah. they're swapping one for the other they really kind of believe that they need just one maybe yeah and you think it's in the centre we need it in the back line rather than getting a big marquee player into the pack yeah, I suppose they're hoping that the, the peck is there now with Gavin Combs playing at number eight. Like he seems to have stepped up and replaced CJ. Yeah, no matter like that. There's enough there with him. Yeah. Um, Snyman has committed to stay, so that was really where they maybe felt that they needed there because if you get Casey and um, Conor Murray, Joey Carvey, you've a lot of out halves. Like so yeah, that was really the place backs. where they maybe they felt that they just needed someone in the centre. Speaking of halfbacks, we had Paddy Patterson playing last night, or was it last night or Friday night, Munster played Glasgow? Friday night. Friday night, yeah. And he came on and he was unbelievable. The pace yeah. he brought to the game was incredible. Some few little great line breaks. Yeah. yeah, which is really, really good to see him coming up the ranks. And he made that try for Jean Klein. Yeah. Unfortunately then, Crowley missed the kicks. Missed like, the kick, but yeah. yeah, it was crazy to see all those young fellas playing well. It is it? great to see young fellas and up on the pace like that's that's what you want to see like he just he comes on there he's not over or maybe overthinking like he just wants to play rugby like and he'll have a go but he, whatever they see in front of him is what you're hearing them saying that just mm. play that like yeah. if they didn't get the right coach to take it in place you can see here like there's a good yeah. squad there you know Van Gran is leaving because uh, would you would you look at bringing in like would you like to see an Irish guy come in there like there's rumours of Declan Kidney coming back there's rumours of someone like Prendergast or even Costello yeah. getting promoted yeah. or do you want us to go bring in another flashy foreigner what would you prefer I suppose Dickie coming back would be a big one for Munster, I think, you know, he's such a, a name in Munster, what the success he's had, like, but then it'd be who he'd bring back with him, so you could you could put something together with him as a director of rugby and uh, who you bring in under him, someone like Prindy, if they wanted to come back or not. Brilliant, brilliant. But yeah, it was a great game, fair play to Glasgow Warriors, they they were missing a lot of their key players as well to Six Nations duty, so, yeah. you know, a huge moment for me was that Cronin charge down from Cummins, and he used his, like, entire body to reach out for that try. Yeah. That was, yeah. uh, that was unbelievable Some finish, for them. yeah. yeah. Was, was so wet as well. To do with, like, yeah, he did it and he finished it, like, He so. finished it, it was great, it was yeah, unbelievable. He knew exactly but, what he was doing. Yeah. yeah, but another match we can uh, dive into as well was the Leinster v Edinburgh, Leinster taking the win 26-7, um, that was, that was on on the Friday night as well wasn't it and yeah. um, sure that was it was a great performance for Leinster too what, what you make of that yeah that I don't know if you saw it John but I saw it yeah. that's almost it job done I think you could yeah. really see it in their faces like themselves you could see Leo when they went to the coaches box job was done the bonus point was got eventually they, they, they'll still, it shows you how good they are that they still feel we didn't play that well but if you can win by that kind of a score and still feel that you didn't play well, like it's a great place to be. Because yeah. we say it in this podcast every week, don't we? Time time again is like the strength and the death yeah, that Olympics have. Like that's like all we say. Yeah. But it's so true. Just it's great to see some of those younger players getting the opportunity to, to play. Yeah. They had a completely different team out and yeah. they still beat I know Edinburgh, I think we're missing twenty players due to international duty. Yeah. But Leinster, you could argue that they're missing loads as well. They're so missing as many, like you know. Yeah. So, so it's really good. Still job done. Shout out to Martin Kelly, I think is or Martin. Maloney who played his first start for Leinster yesterday and he was unbelievable you like him now he's a really tough country <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. and he yeah. was just unbelievable and Scott Penny Max Deegan are really good as well yeah. Yeah. but Max Deegan is just not even in the conversation with yeah. the Irish team anymore just because the other players are playing so well without like a couple of years ago you would have thought he was going to be in there like was yeah 
Doris just took over there, Conan came back and that's just it like so. Just no space. No, they're fighting for Leinster positions like. Yeah. yeah. But you have to mention uh, Edinburgh's try as well, Emilio Buffelli. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, another superb bit of footwork and pace from him. What just, a try. Uh, like straight through, it was great. Yeah, you Get can't buy you can't buy speed like no. yeah, some yeah, finish. Isn't it? So we're back up to second in the table now, so um, mm. Ulster just point Ulster but David came in hand, so yeah. they had a bit of a drop there off, but so did everyone else and then, it's looking like it'll probably be Lenser at the top of the table again come the end of it with another home semi-final as usual. So that's <laughs> thing, just this part of the season is just about doing what you have to do now to get yourself where you need to be at the end and you don't win it now like you'll win it later on like so that's what they're doing. Yeah, mm. exactly, exactly, exactly. Now sounds like um, too much to you, Jace. No, no, no. <laughs> You're like, we've spoken about Lenser for about 15 minutes and like Lenser only get five minutes. Come there's on. Only, there's only so much we can, we can talk about Lenser. I mean, you look, at they're okay. just a well-drilled machine. They're a well-drilled machine. They win every week. They get their bonus points, you know. Yeah, it's true. It's we're we're, we're sick of wax and miracle about it. Obviously, the, the four South African sides were in action as well. Um, Stormers beat the Lions 32-10 but the game we want to get on to more importantly is the Sharks and the Bulls game because we've got two really good tips <coughs> from that so first of all we've got uh, Henko Vintner he's at our, our Jukebox of the Award uh, Jukebox of the Week Award this week at the tail this the is the uh, number the seven here he's wanted back for the Sharks well sometimes uh, <laughs> sometimes teams actually defend like that we'll put the winger in at yeah. first first defender so it pushes them out and gives you more numbers on the width to defend but like the winger just made such a poor attempt <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you wouldn't see that at rough under 10s would you saw the under 10s that that no you'd be given out for yeah. that tackle you have to learn how to tackle yeah. Yeah. You can't but, like it's a typical springbok forward run as well it just peel backwards out of the ball and just saw your man and it's straight at him like so yeah. Yeah. It's exactly what they do, like, and he did it. It worked. Yeah. Tackling Trick, but it's the biggest problem there, trying to tackle him around the sleeves, like, you're not going to get yeah, very far. A winger up against a big seven. <laughs> standing up in front of him like that. Absolutely. It was a great game, in fairness. That one was really good. There was an unbelievable try by Lacanio Am, which kind of yeah. takes away from Mac Hansen's yeah. try. That's going to be our, that's our try of the week. That's our try of the week, yeah. yeah. We have a clip for that as well, I think. This is, uh, we think Mac Hansen is good, guys. This is incredible. Lacanio Am jumps from the touchline in. And the reaction to put that on his foot instantly is just out of this world. Like I think he's white-legged as well, isn't he? Which makes it even more impressive. It probably is. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, just to make it even better. Yeah. Just to make it even better. Like he puts an absolutely perfect kick along the sideline yeah. on his left leg after taking it like into the bread basket like that. Like, I think the Bulls were letting it off. I'd say they thought it was going. They thought it was out. Then they thought they? it was going out. Like the two boys still like. The, Look at this yeah. from this angle. That is incredible. It didn't look like he was going to catch it, to be no. fair. No, mm. You could see the reaction of the Class. boys in the background there. Kind of like, Can't believe there's, it. Yeah. There's, there's centres out there, some of the best centres in the world who could try that a hundred times yeah. and not be able to Yeah, well, it's just mad to see that two times in a weekend that that happens. Like, it just shows. Time for kick, like, yeah. yeah, wingers just got to keep chasing those balls and those, those moments will come. Those yeah, bulls forwards, they won't want to see that on the video. No. No. What were you looking at there, Les? You know, that's a decision for. That's either going out or it's yeah. not going out. Like you don't, yeah. you don't do that. Like and a rugby nerd question. So you would have been a lot for lifting the pods there for kickoffs. Would yeah. that have been the lifter's fault or the jumper's fault for no, not the, going up there? The jumper, that you just do what the jumper does. Like he'll set up and then you're lifting. Like so, yeah. That's not a decision for a for a for prop to make. Like yeah. that's what the jumper is going to set up. Yeah. But they should have gone up for that. Like yeah. They obviously saw the flight of a thought it's gone out like they didn't, didn't they didn't even attack it like so. So they'll be killed in the morning Monday oh, morning review. Looking at that, like when you want to see that in a in a video where you're standing there looking at it, you let it off and your man just runs on catches it and scores like. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. also in that game, another talking point, there was two red cards. So it's good to see the the ref, like straight away didn't even think about it. Um it was two 
basically going in too high and there was two clash of heads twice in the match one on either side like so it's good yeah. to see them them refing it pretty well and sending the guys off because trying to mm -hmm. clean up the game a little bit it's been really yeah. consistent with the the cards through, through yeah. the urc hasn't it like mm. we speak about every week there's always been at least one red card um just the keep it's great for the safety element like we said you know keeping the tackles low yeah exactly it's, it's setting it up nicely enough when mm. these african teams like we still have to play all them all the irish provinces we'll they again, were all right? rescheduled like so now they've got the likes of the Lucania arms and Mampimpies, yeah. the Khaleesi, so it's setting it up for we finally get to see the big South African players that's up against true. the big Irish provinces, and that's something I think we're really yeah. That's what people to. want to see because the, when the Kings and the, or the Kings came, Chiefs came in first there a few years ago, the scoreline wasn't great. Like no. so, mm. people were going to wonder what was the point. But if we see these teams now with all those boys playing, you'll see proper games then. Yeah, they're yeah. proper teams. They're proper elite teams. Like oh, they're match. They're with match those, with those yeah. fellas playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But uh, look, we'll move away from the URT action. That's the, the end of the four games. But uh, we've got some other big talking points. One big huge one is uh, it's coming back into the news again. It's looking like South Africa are in serious talks to join the Six Nations and become a seventh team in the tournament, which I think is something we expected with them joining the URC and the fact that they're going to be eligible to play in Europe, qualify for Europe as of next year. What do you make of that, John? Is, is it the right decision? It seems to be world rugby is going that way. Like, you know, they're looking at the seasons, like what they're going to try and do with the global season. And like, like you said, when those four teams have joined up here, that's kind of, it's, it's one step, it's heading that way. Like, you know, they're not in super rugby anymore like they used to be because it made sense it was just Southern Hemisphere Northern Hemisphere so they've joined up now for that so you'd imagine that there is talks going on somewhere in the background that it is going to be discussed and it could happen yeah yeah I think what helps with having the South African teams involved is that they're basically on the same time zone oh yeah the time zone is yeah. always the thing yeah you're not yeah. it's a long flight like but it's you're not out of kilter that much like yeah I think that's going to benefit us in the long term you think about it like if we get to play South Africa yeah. every year in the Six Nations it's only Big going to make game, Ireland man. better Probably would should. They, they always say that the more often you play the big teams, the better you'll get. Like you know, yeah. so seven games, it'll be another game to try and squash in there someplace. Like so, it's making the calendar even more condensed. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of rugby to play. Non-stop, like yeah, it's just there's no break in that. Like yeah, yeah. earning their money. Um, another big talking point of the week, which isn't a great one, is poor Will Connors after coming back from his knee, his Achilles is after picking up another injury. And we had him on the show, I think the, one of the first ones this season, yeah. really nice guy. So commiserations to him. And do you think he'll really be missed by, by Leinster? Probably will because Dan Levy's missing as well. Like, you know, you're looking at these fellas, like there's some brilliant players that they have now. Again, everybody talks about the depth, but there's only so much depth you can have. Like, you yeah. know, yeah. Van der Fleer is in the form of his life at the yeah. moment, so they're fine from that point of view as long as he stays fit. But with a lot of games come towards the end of the year, any team will miss good players. Yeah. yeah. He was just coming back into form as well. Like, yeah, his last couple of games, he's played very well. He came back, and I remember seeing his game where he came mm. back from injury. He had a turnover within 30 seconds. Brilliant one. <sighs> like, and he so was just there. He announced himself back like and he's injured again, so yeah. it's tough. Is he serious, Greg? Uh, eight to ten weeks, I think. I don't know exactly what it is, but yeah, it's not great for him. Like, yeah. But it's look, just the timing, like, it's just, just the timing yeah, of it. You yeah. just feel so sorry for that are injured. Like it's just it's the most horrible place, toughest thing to do. Like yeah. trying to be always trying to rehab. And he's not even like he's not a wimp at all. He's one of the toughest people I've ever come across. So he's picking up just big injuries. Really it's unlucky, strange. like yeah. There was like more, even more rugby on as well with the under twenty six nations going on too. Um, the big win for the Ireland under twenty is against France. That was absolutely huge. I don't know if you guys caught. Yeah. Some of the match. We caught some of it, yeah. I mean, that was. So they left it at the very end. We were kind of hoping for the same uh, yeah. uh, yesterday, but fair, fair, fair play to them. The two games were actually kind of following the pattern there for a while with the big French pack and the boys <laughs> were struggling, scored off the wall. The scoreline was the same with all six points towards the end, but the boys got up with a try at the end, like, so it was great and kicked the conversion and all to win, like, so a great job, like, but. Yeah. 
I'd say the the French are probably giving out about the ref. They were making a lot of faces at her mm. after the game. It's a, yeah. They, she pulls them up to number seven, I think, for being ahead of the kicker. Or yeah. He never retreated and stuff like you know, and he didn't really get near it. But that's the way it is mm. now. Like you have to. She was right. Yeah. It's good to see that we've got mm. another good crop of uh, on the twenty pairs coming up there. Like yeah. we had Grand Slam there a couple of years ago, and these fellas are are on it now as well. Like and it looks like they're 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 going to go places. Oh, but yeah. What about uh, what about all Italy and England in the twenties? Man, six nil like Italy versus England. Like yeah. you swear it was a soccer match they were playing. Yeah. Like that's an amazing result, isn't it? He scores lines like that anymore. Like you know, just yeah. but for Where Italy to beat England. But Italy don't care. It's the same as if it was thirty nil for them. Like they were yeah. happy to get a win. Like in that against uh, England is some some job. Yeah, do you know what I was thinking about that is the money that England would have put in as compared to Italy. I'd say yeah. is just universal. They they're not even they're not even relate what's I going guess. on. Like you know, yeah. just. For those young fellas to come out and do that, like against us, what all those young English fellas have come through the system, <laughs> like what they have been coached and everything, and just to come yeah. up with that, like it's something else. It's great, yeah, it's great. So I think that it was six nil, yeah, and it was, hopefully they can come back into the senior team now. And the next couple of years, Italy will start playing even better in the senior championship. Because yeah. if you're saying South Africa are coming in, they're going to need these young fellas. They're going to have to, yeah, you know. So yeah. if they have, that's what Crowley will be hoping for that there is. A group of players coming through yeah. for strength and depth is the one thing you talk about and everything that if you can get all of those in and have numbers for squads that if he picks up injuries and just better players anyway it'll be make a more competitive competitive is all they want to be at this stage yeah. because they're not really like so yeah. exactly. they could exactly. even get to that and pick up their their one victory every year or two that they, they have done from time to time but mm. They need to try and get some of them again. Yeah. But unfortunately, it doesn't look like they're going to get one today. So obviously, we, we filmed the show on a Sunday. There's 20 minutes left in the England and Italy game, and England are 26 nil up, and they have the bonus point in the bag. Yeah, so, so not this week. Maybe next week. Like we haven't seen the game, but they could be actually yeah. playing okay in that. Like they did against France last week, but they're still just giving up scores when they, and that's what's killing them. Like so, still yeah. 26 nil. Like was. It can mm. happen quickly, but it's basically they haven't been hammered. You know that kind the of. The score sometimes feel. doesn't reflect the yeah, game until you see it. It doesn't feel it like. Yeah. yeah, we said that last week when we were, we were hearing the result coming in. Like, but we went back and watched that Italy and France game. As you said, yeah. they played well against. They did. They play a lot of it was good. Like, but they obviously give up scores. You know, so the scoreline got away from them. But yeah. they're not that bad. Like, yeah, yeah. well, like, that twenty result to me, well, like, we'll, we'll stand to them as well. And it'll, it, especially younger players coming up. Yeah, they're going to see that win. They're going to go. Maybe there is an opportunity there to go places with Italy. Like, I, mean, I, I want to play for Italy. I want to better. To do with those yeah. players in might get picked up then as well by bigger clubs they might end up playing at Irish provinces or, or English teams or French teams and yeah. get a bit more experience but uh, before we finish off though the lads I think Greg you took a trip down to Dingle I did yeah so I went to Dingle to I need to say right now to Kirky Guina is the name of the rugby club yeah. so it's the rugby club down in Dingle yeah, literally the furthest away you can get the rugby club um, really really <laughs> nice people down there and we went to meet uh, Paddy is his name he's basically the glue of the place down there keeps it all running he does the cleaning of the sheds he does the coaching his four sons playing so um, nice little clip I went down to meet proper, him yeah. proper club so yeah proper Great club stuff. Yeah. I'm here to meet Paddy Fenton at Kirky Guina rugby club in beautiful Dingle Paddy is the chairman of the club but not only is he the chairman he's also the coach of the under 18s team so he's clearly a man that never stops competing. I know how important grassroots rugby is to the success of Irish rugby and I cannot wait to meet him. Paddy it's lovely to sit down with you, thank you for taking the time. No bother Greg, honoured. So tell me Paddy, when and why was it founded? It was founded around 2001 and, and one of the main driving forces behind it was, was to give the youth of the peninsula 
uh, the opportunity to play rugby. What made you get involved? Like I, I always liked rugby and, and I played a bit of rugby when I was younger. So um, in, in 2006, I wasn't involved with the club. And the seniors were, were stuck for a senior coach. So one of the one of the one of the players actually approached me and asked me would I get involved and start training them. So I started training them. I really enjoyed it. It was a great crack. A really unique thing about Cork Guivna. Yeah, they get it right that Kirk time. Kirkaguina. 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 Yeah. I need to obviously practice yeah. my Irish, but the boys here don't. You actually train in Irish. It's a central part of the club. And it's a help. It really is a help. When you're in a scrum and you're talking Irish to the prop is talking Irish to the hooker. <laughs> it does edge the opposition a small bit. I was going to ask, do you have ages all the way from minis all up to, up to seniors? From eights to seniors, really. Wow. Now we struggle at times that... Um, you know, at different age groups, but we've tried to remain independent because combined teams find it very difficult to work for us because we're so far from the nearest club. Exactly, yeah. There's much more of a pool of players to pick from. So here you have to dab into the community. and work. We have to actively look for players. Yeah. You know, and we have, a, we have a community rugby officer who goes to the primary schools. And actually, we'd know all the players anyway. For a very small club and a small community, you've had a lot of success. So what's the secret to it? We, we've got really good raw material to work with. And, and you know, and then it makes life much easier when the kids are really enthusiastic and the kids are enjoying themselves. We get good support from the Munster um, rugby development officers. Yeah, you know, they're, they they call to us maybe once a month, um, and they're very good at coaching the coaches. We're really lucky with the group of players we have. Uh, good and, bunch of lads. Uh, yeah, and and they want to get better. That's they're amazing. not just there for the crack. They yeah. enjoy the crack, but they're not just there for the crack. Great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Greg. I, mean, I remember going down there myself years ago for a training camp, and it's a really, it's a cool pick. Nice place for a few points, nice yeah. place for a bit of grub, and a nice pitch down there. It was cool, yeah. Thanks very much to our sponsors, Bank of Ireland, for sending me down to meet Paddy and the boys. Like, Paddy does everything. He's the chairman, he's the coach, he has all his sons involved. So that's what we need, that kind of grassroots stuff, like yourself out in Bruff. Yeah, that's what it is. And he said it there, it's the opportunity for the children to play rugby. That's exactly what it is for me, this... It's down there, complete football country down in West Kerry, but yeah. there's an opportunity for to play other sports, and they're all playing Gaelic football, so they will be able to switch over to rugby handy yeah. enough. What I was really impressed with was, you can see there from the video, it was freezing, lads, right? Yeah. I rock on with my tights and the, all that, right? You're freezing, right? These lads jump out of cars, like shorts and a t-shirt, running yeah. on, delighted to be there, enthusiasm yeah. at 8 p.m. Yeah. on a on a Thursday night, I think yeah. it was. Love it. And so used to that breeze, I took down there. straight, away. <laughs> enthusiastic about it. And then the skills these lads had, the ball was wet, it was cold, and I think it comes from them being footballers it naturally. It's definitely from the Gaelic football. They're playing, they're living down there playing that all the time so it's just it's just a different shape ball that's all it was for influence yeah exactly yeah. and they're doing it Gael Galifa through Irish as well yeah. which is really impressive I bet they're really delighted to have you down like I say they're a bit starstruck were they well I don't know, know did you give them a bit of coaching because you, you said that you kind of got involved you were getting really into it I did so I was standing on the sideline and I was just as you're watching I hadn't been on a pitch since the Olympics back in God. July hadn't touched the ball and I was standing there watching the boys and then you just I don't know if it happens to you you just get so into it and yeah. I started effing and blinding and putting lads you'll, you'll, you'll see something like you know so yeah like you're there to take the session but when you, when you see something you could just little pointer maybe something like that yeah. that you could just one just or two say, points yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you ever get involved now in the sessions like I remember do you remember Mick Fitzgibbon yeah. the old Irish player I remember yeah. he coached us back in senior cup and uh, Mick now would hold that bag yeah. and he'd, and he'd, oh, he'd yeah. hold it he'd hit you with the bag he wouldn't he'd go back the bag oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he hit you you knew you were hit as well like. <laughs> was you earlier not doing that to 10 year olds yeah. out yeah. <laughs> oh, I won't even touch the bag like that <laughs> no. oh, it's great that you're still involved in the game and you know all your experiences you know it just is probably the best yeah 
yeah. together for them, do you know? Well, it's like it is, like what Paddy said there with that, that you just have to give back to the community, that's like you know, it's your club where, where he started off playing, so that's all they're doing. Like, is I mean, do you ever hope of going further into like senior coaching? No, I don't think so. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to. The qualifications, the qualification, well, the get those, but yeah, the time, like you too know, busy, yeah. to, to be immersed in it that much, like you know, um, yeah. I just love turning up on the Sunday and doing it with yeah. young lads. It's, it's great, it's, great. it's, it's a big commitment, really, isn't it? Like, it it's, is, it's, yeah, it's, it's a full career commitment, like, isn't yeah. it? You have the farm, you have the beef going by, yeah. like, and you and you still get to do the, yeah. the bit of hurling training and, and the bit of rugby training. So, you, yeah. have, you have the best of both worlds. Yeah, it's great to see the club there in the morning, see the crowds that are out for all the different age groups, like, it's. Rugby's going really well, like it's great Brilliant. to see you. John, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here on the House of Rugby URC. You've been a great guest. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's lovely to get to know you Thanks a little bit. Asking, yeah. A legend sitting here. So yeah. thank you so much. Yeah. Cheers. So that's the end of the show, guys. So unfortunately, no Six Nations action next week, but plenty of URC to look back on. Thanks, guys. Joe presents House of Rugby, United Rugby Championship, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces.